Hey friends, Pastor Marco here. First of all, thank you for listening to the weekly podcast. I want to um, encourage you to do something. If you listen to us from a different state or a different country and you love the church and you want to be more connected to it, we are now opening it up for people to host new life communities from where they are. And if you're interested in being one of those people that can uh, host a watch party of our services where you can invite your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers, your neighbors or whatnot to come and be a part of it, uh, email us at info at newlifesouthcoast.com because we want to be able to have pockets of new life communities all over the nation and all over the world. So if you're interested, get back to us. Uh, we would love to connect with you. Also, if you're closer and you can be in the physical building, our services now are at 915 and 11 a.m at our New Bedford location and 11 a.m. at our Forever location. The best way to stay connected is by downloading our church app. Go to the browser um, and just type in New Life South Coast and our app will pop up on Apple or whatever else that you use for you to stay connected. I pray that today's message as usual will encourage you, challenge you, and, and bless your walk with the Lord. I got my car yesterday, put my phone up, and Google Maps and Siri are doing this new thing on my phone. And I put it in, uh, out of park. I start driving out of the driveway and Siri pops up and goes, would you like to go to New Bedford South Coast? I'm like, Lord, um, it's weird. I'm like, yes, I really do want to go to New Bedford. I'm going, but it's tomorrow, isn't it? So now I'm like panicked. I'm like, it's Saturday, right? I'm supposed to be there Sunday, I think. Siri, here's how... I've been on your website way too much. I'm using that daily sauce, man, that devotional. It's hot, it's great, it's such good stuff. And like my phone now is just like, oh, are we in the car? Let's go to New Bedford. Let's just go down. Mike, it's an hour away, I can't do it right now. So there's people worldwide that are, that are, that are in on this. And how great, first of all, how great is that? That literally right now, people worldwide can tap in and go, that is a powerful name, wow. His is the kingdom and the glory. Now and forever, he's going to, I'm in. He's going to reign, then I'm in. I'm in. Adopt me, bro. So my, my parents, they say, uh, sorry, we can't, we can't make it down to New Bedford. They're 85, and we're, we're getting the, the blessing of caring for them. So last night, I'm showing them. I got the Comcast remote. My arm around my father, 85. My mother's hanging over me, and I go, it's real easy. There's a blue button right here. It's got a microphone. You just hold that and say, YouTube, New Bedford, New Life, South Coast. Prints it right on top. Bang. YouTube channel, New Life SoCo. There it is. All the sermons from like day one. They're all right down there. We scroll through. I was here several. How great is that though, right? Comcast has made it so easy. We're just like, I, I want to get Jesus. Oh, let's go to New Life. Okay, cool. So I scrolled through and I was here several months ago. So just scrolled through a couple, couple frames. Oh, there's the sermon I preached. I pushed play. So here I am doing my nonsense, running around, working up a sweat on the TV. My mother leans over and goes, wait, is this live? And this has happened many times in my life, but it's one of those times you're just frozen. You're just like, uh-huh. Like, there's no response. Like, whoa, what, what do you say? I just went, uh, no, I'm live. I'm right here. She goes, what? Wait. So you're not preaching now? My father jumps in, Glorious. He's here, not there, here. She goes, I don't, I, I don't know. You could see there was like a little bit of gray matter just leaking out of her ear. Her mind just blown. What is happening? My other, my other side, I, so that was my in-laws, my, my mother this morning, just, just before I came in, she texts me, here's what she texts me. Hey, Stephen, that's the only person in the world who calls me Stephen. We're partying for you. Are you? Mom, are you, are you partying for me right now? Because it's a great image of like Sandy Dean at age 75 being like, oh, hey, stretch is preaching. Hey. 
so great. I mean, like, that's such a better version of like, we're praying for you. Okay, thanks, mom. Party for me, mom. I appreciate it. <laughs> so in Matthew 22, Jesus is sitting there. And there's a lawyer right next to him. And the lawyer, real smart, Jewish, understands scripture. And scripture looks like this to us. But it only looks like this to the lawyer and to Jesus. Because remember, Jesus came and he write all of this. And this stuff, crazy. But the lawyer, his Bible looks like this. And all he says is, Jesus, out of all of this, can you summarize it for me? What's the most important thing? And he simply looks at him and goes, oh, sure, no problem. Love. Just love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Give him your everything in love. Let him have your gaze. And the second one is almost exactly like it and it's equally important. Love your neighbor as much as you obsess about and are consumed by and think about yourself. And then he says the coolest thing. If you do those two things, you will find that all of this is rooted and stems from those two instructions. I love, I love, love, love the simplicity and the clarity of our Savior. He's not trying to trip us up. He's not trying to get all mumble jumbo on us. I went to seminary for a long time and, and we would dig into stuff. And, and there were times, man, the theology just gets all tangled around your neck and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Jesus cuts all through it and says, let me show you love your God with your everything and love your neighbors and put their needs and their happiness and their joy ahead of yours. And I'm telling you, you will find that you are obeying all of this. It will all come together for you. Isn't that amazing and simple and clear? I love this about our Savior. He's not trying to get us all wrapped up into other things. I can sum up the entire Bible for you. My whole life, what, what the Apostle Paul is going to show us all the way through, my brother James, what John's going to have visions about, about the love of our God that he's poured out on us. And our response is to say, I will receive it and I'll give it back. Here's my life. Here's my worship. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Not me anymore. I'm dead to me. I'm all about you. And then he immediately takes our gaze and goes, that's awesome. And then he puts us back and we focus in on our neighbor. And he goes, oh, cool. You want to give back love to me? Show your neighbor how important they are. Prioritize your wife over you. Prioritize your kids over you. And watch how you will become so satisfied. Your needs will be getting met all the way through if you are meeting the needs of others. I promise. It sounds like a mystery, but it's simple math. Less of me, more of him, more of the love of our community. And I will receive everything I need. How cool is this? My God has not come to confuse us, but he came to fulfill this kind of love. But the truth is, you and I both know, it's not easy. He uncomplicated and he sort of simplified it, but it's not simple. How do you love the Lord your God with your everything? All day, every day. Because we have an enemy who all the time is trying to run interference. Oh, you want to go to church? Great. Oh, did your car not start? Oh, well, I guess you can't. Maybe you'll watch it uh, later this week. Okay, okay, mostly. Okay. Who cares? It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. And you just, you roll on, right? You just move on and all of a sudden, you thought you were moving in the right, and the enemy just slick, just, just trips you up and you're like, oh man. And then you start moving in a different direction. It's hard. Loving your neighbor more than yourself? Wait, even on social media? These people are nuts. I got to unfollow these people. No, you know, relax. But you could show a lot of love. Yeah. Even in your post or through your friendship. Yeah. But face to face, you can really. But it's hard. Yeah. But loving the Lord 
with all your heart, soul, and mind and prioritizing your neighbor's joy over your own gets a little simplified and less complicated if we keep the gift of God's grace in mind. I don't know about you, but I am keenly aware of my sin. I'm laser, I'm not self-aware on a lot of things. My daughters will be like, daddy, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what? Nothing. I'm great. You're like, you're not, you're not. You got these blind spots all over this place. No, this is really cool. It's not. No one thinks that. I'm like, oh, you're right. No, none of this is cool. I don't don't know what I'm doing. Not self-aware for a lot of things. But I'm very aware of my carelessness, my history, my immaturity, my selfishness. At times I I thought this was going to be so funny and it was at somebody else's expense and I didn't care. The times that I thought, well, nobody's going to, this didn't even hurt anybody. Who cares? I'm very aware of that. You know what God has done? Because he should have punished me. He certainly should have cut me off. But you know what God did? With all of my garbage, you know what God did? He opened up his arms and he said, man, I love you. Man, I just dig you. And then he he went into like his bucket of blessings and he was like, and he kept blessing. And I'm like, why? My grace and my love is not because you deserve it. It's because I dig you, I made you, I crafted you, and I love you. I want to be near you. I want to be with you. You're just like me. I made you in my image. Ladies, he says, I made you in my image. Fellas, he said, I made you just like me. You look like me. You sound like me. I just want to, I'm drawn to you like a family reunion. You're my people. And the enemy goes, yeah, but are you? You can't. You know all the garbage that Maybe he doesn't know. I know. You know. Maybe, maybe you got him fooled. He thinks you're somebody special, but we both know who you are. And isn't it crazy? In the times we feel like that a lot, what do we do with like church attendance and devotions and Bible studies? What do we do? Do we run towards them? Yo, I'm under attack, man. The, the enemy's got me. Uh, I'm not feeling church. and I feel distant. And I'm remembering all my sin. Do we run to church? No, you know what the enemy does. Hey, those people are going to see right through you, man. You know what? You don't want to be a hypocrite. Here's what we do. Let's stay away for a little bit and you get yourself cleaned up. And when you, when you feel like you're stronger spiritually, a little more nourished, you, you, you're going you're gonna to worship better and you won't be, you know, you'll have integrity then in your worship. He spiritualizes our selfish garbage and this separation. And that's all he's ever trying to do. His full time job is to take your hand out of the father's hand and just pull it away. We don't have to curse him. We don't have to get all mad at him, but just let me just keep moving you away because you are his joy. And I'm mad at him. He tossed me out. Well, I can't make him mad by myself. But man, he will be so sad not being in relationship with you. And I can hurt the father. Just come on. Let's just, when you get better spiritually, we'll go back. It will be, then you'll be a person of integrity. You won't be like the Pharisees and the hypocrites. You can't go in there and worship. You know what you did last night? Now, I'm not, I'm not excusing what you did last night. And if there's a moment of conviction, I I want you to understand the Holy Spirit's going, yeah, that's not my best for you. But you're mine. We're family. Yeah, come close to me. Yeah, there's some healing that needs to take place. I'm the healer. Come on in. The enemy's such a jerk. Oh man, it makes me so mad because he just doesn't quit. And Pastor Marco's been telling you, haven't, haven't this, this series on spiritual warfare been so good? Who was here last week or, or watched online? Anybody? That message was fire. He's just been giving you, he is literally 
feeding you the best of spiritual nourishment week after week because it's coming straight from the Word. My man is so... you. Some of you don't know. Some of you are new to Christ, and this is the first church you ever came to. You have no idea how blessed you are with the pastor you have. You just don't even know. If you are new, I do want to say really clear, welcome. You are among friends here. All of us were new one time. We... All of us were visitors at some point in a season of our life. And then at some point we became family. And just let me, let me welcome you with the love of the Lord. You should make this place your home. These people are as solid as it comes here. Man, when I remember my sin, I know I deserve punishment, but that didn't happen. I got grace a favor from God that I did not deserve. Undeserved, unexpected favor from God. He should have pushed me away. You know what he did instead? He, he, he pulled me close. The Bible says in James 4, verse 8, draw close to me. As I'm sort of like walking away from God, he says, wait, if you draw close to God, you will find Bam, he's already drawing close to you. Bam, right there. I'm wandering, thinking I'm running, getting distance from him. And boom, why are you here? And he just stands there and goes, I love you. I pursue you. I miss you. I don't want to, I don't want to let you, I want to protect you. Even in your wandering, I, I, I can, if you let me put some protection around you, but if you continue in disobedience, it may block some of my blessing. I want to give you the world, and with my grace, I will, but you have to let me. But if you seek me and pursue me with all your heart, oh, dude, we are going to embrace, and then we're going to lock arms, and then we are going to walk in health and function and love and spiritual. We'll get the focus off of you. It's so boring. I mean... Have you ever lived through a selfish season of your life? And you look back and you're like, it was so boring. I'm sick of me. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to get my needs met? Where am I going to get the next thrill? Where am I going to get the, how are my bills? What am I going to pay for? Oh my gosh, I'm so sick of me. There's something so cool when God frees you up and says, less of you, more of me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And it will free you from you. Practically speaking, love your neighbor more than yourself. And you will complete the circle of it's not about me. And I'm telling you, freedom happens. Chains start to be broken. You don't even like the sin that was tempting you before. You're too busy caring for others. You're too busy worshiping and growing. He should have thrown me out. And instead... He adopted me. <sighs> My wife and I were adoption social workers for years in Quincy and all around the city of Boston and, and, and extended down to Providence and the New Bedford area. And the Department of Social Services at that time was, just had too many cases. And they kind of overloaded us with, with, with kids that just needed homes. There was one girl who... Her lifelong dream at age nine was to go to an amusement park. She had seen it on the commercials. She had seen it in the movies. Her friends talked about it at school and she was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like heaven to me. Cotton candy, merry-go-rounds, Ferris wheels, roller, oh, I gotta go. Her first foster home said, yes, we'll definitely take you sometime, but they never got around to it. To be fair, her behavior was bad. She was from a mess. She, horrific things had been done to her. She had witnessed and seen unspeakable things. And of course, dysfunction creates dysfunctional behaviors. And it was hard for the foster family. And at some point they called and said, Stretch, you got to come and get her. It's, it's killing us. We can't do it. 
And they never got around to the amusement park. And the second foster home said, yes, no, we'll definitely do that. If that's your dream, man, we'd love to do that. And they put a date on the calendar. And as they got closer, the behavior just got worse. And the father just said, listen, we're not going to go to the amusement park. Your behavior has been so bad. And she said, I know. And honestly, as the social worker, I, I didn't blame him. Boundaries and natural consequences and discipline and repercussions. And, you know, it, it's a real thing. And if we, if we don't raise up our kids the right way, they're wild. But my heart broke for the third foster home. I was really praying that it became the last foster home and the adoptive home. You know why? Because on their family study, and I had a stack of 60 families, in her family study down in Lincoln, Rhode Island, they said, one of the first words on there, tell me your story. We've been saved by grace of Jesus Christ and he has changed everything for our family. And I was like, that goes right to the top of the pile. That will be the first family I'm calling for my nine-year-old. Because I gotta tell you, we are not Christians, we are not a perfect people. But I'm telling you, if you're living by this, fueled by the Spirit, washed in Christ's forgiveness, if the old is gone and the new is coming and being birthed, and come on. You take dysfunctional stuff and let, give it to the Holy Spirit, lay it at the altar. Oh, you know, in dysfunction, you think you got these wobbly legs, but then you kind of get strong legs. They're dysfunctional though, and you get comfortable in dysfunction. It's your normal. And then somebody introduces you, you dysfunctional into what you could be functional. And the truth is your legs get wobbly. They get weak and they're like, I don't, I don't even know how to do this. Live sober? Live, wait, live disciplined? I, what I can't? Loving others? I can't, what? That guy's a jerk. I know, you gotta defend me. And you, it, the, the functional feels dysfunctional. Isn't it crazy? But this family knew the journey and said, we, we wanna take her on this journey and we're gonna wrap her in prayer and love. And I gotta tell you, the picture of the church recognizing foster kids out there and saying, I can make room for one bed. Or even if each church just decided to take on one foster kid and like wrap that family in support and love. And dude, there's something really cool because adoption is, there's no better spiritual like metaphor of like you've been chosen and you were invited and now you sit at my table, you sleep in our bunk bed, I got you and I got you for life. That's what God says to us. Just, just, I just throw that out there just to let the Holy Spirit, like let that run around in your brain for a little bit. What does that look like? So this family does it. And then we go to court and it's adoption day. And that's the best day for any social worker ever. And you know what I also found? It's the best day for a judge ever because nobody else goes to court for anything good. <laughs> Why are you here? We're getting divorced. Why are you here? Drunk driving. <laughs> Why are you here? Stolen things. I'm guilty. <laughs> Why are you here? Uh, this kid didn't have anywhere to stay and we just fell in love with her and uh, we want her to be ours forever. Can you change her name and change her identity? She's ours now. And then the judge is doing like my mom. She's like, I'm partying with you. Yes, let's do this. Hey, that's a cool day. Almost every other day as a social worker, it's terrible. But that day, they adopt her, they bring her home. Things are good. They decide they're going to celebrate by going to an amusement park. We're going to take a family trip and we're going to go to the amusement park, the biggest one in New England. And she was psyched, so psyched. But in the month leading up to their trip to the amusement park, her behavior got worse. She stole food when all she had to do was ask. <laughs> the kitchen and the pantry were stopped. She lied about everything when it literally would have been easier to tell the truth. She whispered insults that were carefully crafted to hurt her older sister as deeply as possible. Dysfunction and function, they, they, they cause friction and causes confusion. You know what the enemy does too? He causes confusion. And a couple of days before her, her family was headed to the amusement park, he pulled 
the nine-year-old close and said, why don't you come and sit in daddy's lap? And she, he just held her for a long time. And then he looked at her and said, I, I wanted to talk about something. And she just goes, I know. We're not going to go to the amusement park, are we? Because I've been bad. And he said, stretch. I, that thought hadn't actually crossed my mind. I just wanted to kind of address what was going on. And she's clearly hurting, but... He goes, but then something sparked in my brain and I thought, that may be the leverage that could work. The father told me that he was embarrassed to admit that in that moment he started to be tempted to turn her fear into an advantage, the leverage that maybe would change her behavior. And the easiest response would have been, if, if you don't start behaving better, you're, you're right. We won't take you. But he said, by the grace of God, those words did not come out of my mouth. Instead, I was surprised by me saying, wait, is this trip something we're doing as a family? And she nodded. He could see the, the bubble of tears. It hadn't fallen yet, but it was ready. And he said, are you part of this family? She looked at him and nodded. Well, then you're going with us. This is a family trip. And of course you're going. We would never leave you behind. Sure, there may be consequences to help you remember what's right and what's wrong. We're, I know you're learning a lot of new lessons, but you're part of our family. Your last name is my last name. And this is forever. And we're not leaving you behind. And the father said, stretch in the moment. I immediately understood the grace of God that he's shown me. Each week when I, I walk into church and, and I want to worship and I'm like, that is a beautiful name. Why have I dishonored that name this week? Why was I embarrassed of this name? I'm so sorry. You shouldn't be blessing me. And I'm just so embarrassed. And God just pulling you close saying, hey, you're part of my family. We're not going to leave you behind. Of course, I want to show you the next step. Of course, I want your spiritual functional legs to keep getting stronger. That's why we go to Bible studies, small groups, men. We, we gather together and we pray. We pray for our women. We pray for our past. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for grace. We pray for the fruits of the spirit because it's so good to be functional. But that's what family does together. Ladies, bond with each other. Care for one another. If it's on Zoom or if it's just across the aisle, I say, hey, give me your, give me your number. I, I, I just want to text you once a week and just, well, how can I pray for you? And just church family being family. That's what we do because God loves us too much to keep us where we're at. He sees better things for us, but we got to grow in the faith. And you can't grow if you're not a part of a church family somewhere. I've never, 30 years of ministry, I've never seen it happen. The Lone Ranger is just like thriving in their spiritual walk. We're not built for it. So stay together, connect together. And you have to fight for it now. We got a, a virus apparently, somebody's sick, somebody, I don't know. I heard a rumor, but... And we're supposed to be kind of like not connecting and not hugging. I get all that. Keep the rules. Put a mask on. Call, text, Zoom. One-on-one, yeah, -on -one, sit at a restaurant. And you sit at one table, I'll sit at the other. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> Let's get in the Word. Dude, I'm telling you, this model that this father showed me was awesome. So they go to the amusement park. They reserve it for two days with a hotel reservation. They go for a very long day. How many know the, the amusement park? The older you get, it gets longer and longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, but it was an amazingly fun day. They get back, girls exhausted. They kind of fall into bed. Father gets there, says, wait, no, let's pray. They get down on their knees. They say their prayer. He gets into bed and just holds her and says, sweetheart, how was your first day at an amusement park? She looked at him. She grabbed her stuff there. She nestled so close to him. And she said, it was so fun. Better than I even thought. She closed her eyes for a minute. She looked back up at her dad and she said, Daddy, I finally got to go to an amusement park. But I 
I didn't go because I wasn't naughty. I got to go because I'm yours. And each week when I walk into worship and the music's playing and the band's kind of practicing and I'm like, oh yeah, here we go, here we go. You start getting pumped up, right? Because you know I'm not here because I was not naughty. I've been naughty. Anybody want to testify? Go ahead, raise your hand. Anybody here been naughty? Me too. But I do love to come into worship and testify, but I don't want to be. And I know it's not who I want to be. And I know it's not who you created to be. And I know that you've given us a way through Jesus Christ to not have to be. Because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And what are we free from? Sin. Us. Selfish. We're free from that if we want to be. But that doesn't happen overnight. We want a CVS pill, the not naughty pill. Okay, good. Now I'm holy. <laughs> Fixed. Can't wait for the immunization. The Latin of like non nauseousness. No, no, no. Shoot it. I don't want to sin any longer. And the enemy goes, yeah, you don't want that. But look over here real quick. I just want to show you this over here. Your spiritual armor is one that Pastor Marco's been talking to you about. Truth. He started with truth. You know where that's found? The word of God. Did you ever notice that in our society today, we're, we're like making up the rules? You can definitely see it with the pandemic, right? Like first day, they're like, not a problem. Second day, we're going to die. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Stay distant. Uh, you know, three feet. Wait, six feet. Ten feet. Don't leave the house. <laughs> I don't know. And this like sliding, but all it really shows us is, we don't know. And so I can show a lot of grace. Uh, teachers, um, God bless you. God bless you. I know you're literally making it up as you go. I'm serious. And what else can we do? That's not a, you know, your superintendent's, guess what, he's, what she's doing? Making it up every day. I'm going to send an email out. I don't know what the policy is. I'm going to... Governor, what do you think? I don't know. Me neither. Click. Email. New policy. Uh, let's go remote for two weeks. Send. Uh. How would you know, right? You can't go to the library and pull out the book. Uh, let's look. COVID. What do we have? COVID-12. COVID-13. Oh, COVID-18. Well, that'll give us at least a baseline. All right. We'll look and see what we did with COVID-18. It's a blank. Uh, we didn't have one. Our moral compass is the same. Our, 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 our kids are being raised in a culture. It's the same. We're just making it up. In fact, we're, we're encouraging people like, do you. Do what's right for you. You tell somebody, well, you know, this seems like the right thing. You know, don't judge me. That's your rule. I don't know my rule. Well, what do, you, what do you live by? I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't feel like going to school today. Well, you know, it's against the law, right? You're tardy. And if you do that enough times, it's a problem. Hey, I didn't feel well. Okay. I make the rules. <laughs> I sat in a car one time when somebody had a speeding ticket. Cop pulls him over. I'm in the seat here. And a high school kid looks at me. The officer says, uh, so you were speeding? He goes, um, no, officer. You don't understand. I'm in a hurry. <laughs> My ears were just like, huh? I wanted to high five the kid like, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Speeding, you don't understand. I'm kind of a big deal and I had a thing. <laughs> what do you want the cop to do? You're right. On your way. Sorry, Mr. President. There <laughs> <laughs> oh, he goes, mm, okay, but this is a 25 zone. You know what you were doing? <laughs> he goes, uh, 45. He goes, yeah, but I already told you. No, no. He just stopped. He like, no, no. Started writing the ticket immediately. Like, dude, we're not having this conversation anymore. There is a law and it's truth and you broke it. And here, it's just a small fine. It won't be a big deal. Have a good day. Stop speeding. And the kid literally rolled up the window. and was like, I told him I wasn't speeding. I have to be somewhere. What the? 
I was like, just drop me off. I, I gotta get out. This car, I'm gonna catch your mental illness, right? I don't want this. What are you talking about? If you're contagious, I'm gonna be so mad. Here's what the Bible does with truth. It just literally gives you like the truth. This is what will bless you. This is what will harm you. This is what's good for you. This is what's gonna trip you up. Just trust this. My friends who aren't living according to truth, they're living for nothing and they don't even know it. And some of them think they're really wise. They're like, you know what I realized the other day? I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) The gospel according to Brad, awesome. I can't wait for your insights and wisdom about how you're just making up life and flying by the seat of your pants every day. Christians, we get to live according to truth. And you know what it does? It actually makes sense. You know what it also does? It raises the bar of your life. Holy living is cleaner and it's better. It's freer. Your friends will start to say, what happened to you? You're always so friggin' happy. (laughs) And you're like, you seem to be mad at that. But tell you the truth, yes, I am. Let me tell you what's happening to me. I'm not obsessed about me any longer. And it's so freeing. There is this thing called grace that I know we don't fully understand and a lot of us don't even want to live by it because it's just undeserved. It's unexpected. I, um, you know, if I were to say like, hey, I want to give, I want to give a gift to somebody in the room. You know, and I, I, none of you have been expecting a gift. Nobody came into church and like, oh, I hope there's a giveaway today. Get too excited. It's it's not a huge gift or anything, but like just for the season, I could just say, you know, snacks for worship, right? So I could just say, yeah, I, I brought some candy. You know, and I just want I want you guys to have some candy. That's all. But I, I love you too much to. I, a friend of mine showed me how to. Candy corn's delicate, and you got to be careful with it. The um, the white tips, if you're manhandling it, they'll start to fall, off, and they're like the icing. They're the good part, right? So, so you have to, I want to show you, you have to surgically, like carefully open and, and just be careful. And then what I want you to do is dump it in the trash and, uh, and eat a Reese's, please. Please. What are we doing? Why would I... I saw the look in some of your eyes like, oh, good, we're getting a grace gift. Awesome. Candy corn. Why do you hate us, Pastor Stretch? Why? What's wrong with you? Enjoy. Open it up. Share it with friends if you want or keep it to yourself. I don't care. It's just for you. It's just for you. It's just for you. Do you need the scissors? I'm not going to throw them. That's probably, probably not appropriate. They'll be like, I don't know what happened. I wore a mask, but I got stabbed at church. What the (laughs) happened? A weird church. Ridiculous grace is what God shows us. I mean, you know, the 12 pack of Reese's cups. That's nice. That's good grace, but it's not ridiculous. Grace is crazy grace. And God keeps showing it to us. His goodness comes to us sometimes when we haven't even given God the time of day and he's loving and he's protecting and he's caring and he's even blessing. Grace is amazing. The grace is is a a, a farmer in in Matthew 20 that's going to pay workers to, all right, wait, you know what? It's enough of me talking. Let's um, let's do it this way. I'm going to need, so I'm I'm, I'm the landowner and I need some workers. Some of you might know about farming. You plant, you grow, you water, and then at the end of the season, you harvest. But now you're in a time crunch because winter is coming. (laughs) And you have to know that I got to get this harvest in and it's got a window. And if I don't, it's ruined and I go broke. So, I mean, this is serious business. So landowner needs some workers in a Jewish calendar. When does the day start? 6 a.m. When does the day end? 6 at night. Sun up, sun down, day. 
So at six in the morning, he goes to the market and says, I, I, I need a worker. I need a worker. Uh, my man, find me a worker. Find, find me a worker somewhere. Just anywhere in this section. Who wants to work? I'll pay you. I got money. I'll pay you. Pick somebody. Who wants to work? I'll take you. I'll take you. I'll take you. Who wants to work? Who will work for me? Oh, I see you. I see you. Come on. Come on. All right. Here's how I let, let me give you. Let me give you some uh, job training. This is for your career. Come on in. I promise. I promise I will pay you a fair wage if you will work hard for me. All right. I appreciate it. Now in this area, we got to dig out the harvest. It's just under the ground. We're working potatoes and stuff. We got to get in there. So here's a shovel. All right, we're going to start digging like this. And then you got to chuck it as hard as you can. You got to throw that way out. All right. And what I, we're not going to be able to take many breaks today or any breaks, okay. but I need you to get in there. I promise I will pay you a full day's wage. Gotcha. All right. Appreciate it. Nine o'clock in the morning, he realizes I, I still got a lot of field left. I, I need, I need another worker. Um, I need a, I need a, a nine o'clock worker. Uh, who's, who's not working? Who's, who's available? Who's willing? I see you. Come on. Come on, sweetheart. Um, I don't know why anybody hasn't hired you yet, but you need a job. So let me give you that. Sweep, sweep right up in here. I need you to get this part right here. This is the part, man. You got to get, that's the one I want you to work. Come right in here. This area is really important. I need you to, it goes like this. Bang. And then bang. there you go. You, oh, you are good. You've done this before. Thank you. Thank you. I will pay you what's fair. I promise. I promise. Noon, I'm walking around the marketplace going, I still need some workers. I need a noontime worker. I need a noontime worker. Come on. Oh, yes. Dude, I like them eager workers. He is running. Let's go. That's the type of worker right here. Nobody's worked this yet. I need you to get in and then out. That's it. As hard as you can. Three o'clock. I still need workers. I go over to the marketplace and go, I need need a three o'clock worker. I need a three o'clock worker, my man. Yes, I see you. Why didn't you come before? Come on up. Oh, let's go. Let's get in right away. There it is. But I realized five o'clock's come. I I guess I could use some. I mean, I got most of it done. It's probably good. But I'm walking through the marketplace and I'm like, my man, why aren't you working? He said, nobody's hired me. All right, well, why don't you just go to my field? Just, Just go to my field. Come on. And, uh, just join the others. Come on. Um, I don't, you should be working. You got a wife, you got kids, you got family. Let's go, man. Just, just watch them. Do it like them. You're good. <laughs> Six o'clock rolls around. And... Uh, That's it. Quitting time. Quitting time. And the master comes over and says, all right, thanks guys. I appreciate your work. Here's your money. Thank you. Yep. Here's your money. Here's your money. Yep. Here's yours. My man, here's yours. He goes away. They get together. My girl looks down the end of this row and goes, hold up, wait a minute. No. Oh, no. Wait, wait. How much did he get? That's the same as me. I've been out here in the heat all day. I'm tired. And this dude... And nobody hired me. I get a full day's wage. Come on, man. I hear about it and I say, What, sweetheart? What's going on? What are you mad about? Was I unfair to you? No. I invited you into work. You said yes. I said I would pay you a fair wage. Did I pay you a fair wage? Yes. Yeah, it looked like this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Take your money and go. I, I, why are you upset? Are you mad at me because I wanted to be generous? No. Why does that trouble you so much? I'm okay. (laughs) In our spiritual journey, 
there are times the Holy Spirit will confront you with some truth. Put a mirror up with some truth and go, is this who you want to be? And our response sometimes is, no, I'm okay. I, I'm not mad anymore. You're right. It's your money. You do you. Here's what's really cool. If we were to get this concept of grace, we would do what my mother is doing right now. A little bit of praying and a lot of partying. Uh, because you would get so excited about, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Dude just showed up and he got paid a full day. He does have a wife and kids. It's just like I got a husband, I got, I got responsibilities, I got bills, I got rent. And wait, he's going to be cared for. And I'm, that's so awesome. I work for this company. Are you kidding me? I have that kind of boss. I have that kind of supervisor. Dude. I'm working here forever. What is this, Chick-fil-A? I love this job. I love it. I will stay here forever and just, hey, hang, hang, hey. That's the company you work for. And instead, new bed for you understand seafood. You get fishing, all this stuff, right? If you've ever gotten crabs and put them in a bucket, you know what you don't need to do? Put a lid on them. Do you know why? Because as a crab starts climbing out of the bucket, all the other crabs will do what? Pull it back in. And it will happen over and over and over again. And they're the stupidest things alive because what they don't understand is God created them to actually be the shape of a stair. They are steps. They could just stack on top of each other. Then each one could just walk right out of the bucket, walk right out of the bucket, walk right out. And then they could all reach back in and go, come on, stairs, we got you. Fling, another fling, another fling. But instead, what are they? Mine, 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 mine. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, are you getting out? Get back here. At first, she's so mad. What? I'm tired. Don't I get overtime pay? You said, I didn't, I didn't lie to you. I just wanted to be cool. And God's so cool like that. He's looking, at the, he's looking at the people who were reading this part of the Bible, and they're getting mad. Wait, wait. You're gonna, I thought this was for us. He goes, yeah, but it kind of broke my heart. So I want it to be for everybody. And, Everybody. And Jesus was surprised by some of the Jewish response. Like, what? We've been doing this for centuries. You're going to let them Italians in? Wait, you're going to let them Rome people in? Come on. They just got to the party. They don't get a full day's wage. We've earned it. And Jesus is like, oh, right. Because what I meant to tell you is I'm here. And what's going to happen now in this chapters? The first are going to have to be last. And the last are going to move up to the front. And they're going to be first. And if you are a Gentile in this room, that's you. That's me. God just saying, I love you. I just love you. I'm done with the favoritism. I'm done with the special blessing. It's wide open. In fact, First Peter tells us, God's not slow, as you understand slow, in his coming back. And I get mad sometimes. There are days I'm just like, Jesus Come back already. We're a mess. How about before the election? Just come. We don't even, it's a mess. What are we doing? But Jesus says, I'm all set just yet. I haven't included everybody into the family yet. And it's breaking my heart. Now my prayer is, oh, then please don't come yet. Because I can think of people who aren't in either. And now it's going to break my heart. For what breaks your heart now breaks mine. I want to become just like you. And then he goes, that's so awesome. And then he puts my head down, looks around and goes, who is not getting a day's wage? Who's not getting their nourishment and their needs met? Go reach them. Go teach them. Then I'll come back and we'll collect. But I can't come back yet. I love these people too much. And all of a sudden, did you hear? This is such a great spiritual posture. You don't have to have all the words. You don't have to get on your knees. Oh, I'm sorry. Please forgive. You just said, hmm, you're right. I'm okay. That, dude, that is such a great spiritual prayer. 
Lord, correct me, search me, see if there's some things in there. He goes, yeah, here's the thing. Mirror gets held up and you're like, ooh, I don't like that. Do you want to keep doing that? I'm okay. The next time Satan comes, he goes, yo, you're not getting yours. How'd he get that? You should get mad about that. You go like this, I'm okay. I'm okay. How great is this? Because we think about spiritual warfare, like Pastor Mark's been telling us, like it's a fight. Like, you gotta get angry. You gotta be like, more dog, less cat. You know, like, but the spiritual warfare, part of our uniform is the joy of the Lord. You know what it is? Our strength. That's what fuels you from the inside is the joy of the Lord. So I don't walk around the supermarket angry. Oh, I got a one way? Oh my gosh. Hey, you're going the wrong way. I don't do this anymore. I'm not looking for, hey, God's not being fair. Dude, if God were fair, you'd get what you deserve. I don't want what I deserve. I don't want it. I know what I deserve. And God gives us grace. And all of a sudden, you saw the change. Oh, okay. I'm okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to celebrate with you. That's so great. And it's just how God pursues us. We're walking away. We're starting to get bitter. Our uniform's getting cracked. Spiritual warfare is happening. And then something happens inside of us. The spirit a church service, a, a time in the word, a friend, maybe an honest friend who goes, did I do you wrong? What, what, what are we talking about here? Why are you so mad? And a change starts to happen. James 4 verse 8, as that change happens, just turn around and take one step, drawing close back to God, and you will find, bam, he's right here. And he's going, yes, I'm so psyched that you're back. Oh, now with this new view, this new mindset, oh, I want to show you some other things. You could give grace over here and grace over there. Because you know how fun it is to be the landowner, to look at this family and go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give you the whole thing. I'm going to give you, I'll give you whatever. Because you, you get that. How great is that? Did you get some? I want you to remember this. Thank you. I want you to remember this. There you go. There you go. If you're new, if you haven't been introduced to a family relationship with God. I want to remind you, he knows you. He digs you. And he loves you enough to keep pursuing you. But just let me give you a word of advice. Don't run away. At least stand your ground and let him pursue you. If you're really smart and really wise, you'll at least take a step. You are creations of God. He created you, formed you. But you're not a child of God yet until you've said, I would like to be adopted. In court, the judge always says to the family, why are we here? We would like to adopt this child. She's ours. The judge then looks at the child and always asks, and she has to sign on the paper, would you like to be adopted? by this family. And God has offered. And God stands there and says, come on, let me embrace you with ridiculous grace. But you would have to say, I want that. So today, we're going to worship a last song and, and then you can, you know, elbow bump each other and, and we'll get on to our Sabbath and enjoy the day. But I don't want you to leave this place without carefully considering, am I been adopted into the family? Because everything changes, everything changes. And you said, I want that. The prayer is real simple. It literally is you doing an about face, just making it up by yourself, living your life, making your own decisions, trying to figure it out, tripping and falling, picking yourself up, figuring it out, to turn and go, wait, I want to move in God's direction. And boom. Here he is, and his posture is this. Oh, not this, not, oh my gosh, this is so. You know what he's never said to me in prayer? And I've apologized many times in prayer. Lord, it's a stretch again. I need to be forgiven again. Yep, 
Same thing. I know. How many times? I, I, I know. I'm so sorry. And not one time has he answered, stretch. I can't. I'm out. I, I can't. It's, it's enough already. How, how, I mean, how many times? I can't. Never once, ever once. I turned 50 this year, 50 years. Never one time has the Holy Spirit just said, I can't. It has constantly and exclusively always been an unconditional yes. Almost immediately, he's got his arm under my arm and he's going, come on, stand up. Get your wobbly legs strengthened. Let's start walking. I love you too much to keep staying here. And there's going to come a day. We're not going to have to have this exact same conversation. You're going to grow and you're going to mature. How many of you know that your conversations with your parents got better and deeper and more interesting when you got older? I'm like friends with my pop now. I text him like he's my boy. Like, oh, did you see the game last night? Oh, that was great. I didn't do that when I was four. I was like, yes, sir. Oh my gosh. Uh, don't tell dad. <laughs> We're in trouble. No, I didn't break that. <laughs> yeah. That's not a great relationship, but there's a, there's a season for that. But now... Me and my dad, we sit on the beach and we fish. He plays his little electric Yahtzee game. <laughs> then he hands it over. He's like, I got 700. What are you going to get? And I'm like, 140. <laughs> He's still better than I am. It's so cool to mature in your relationship with the father. And here's how it happens. When little revelations like this, the father says, but look at it a different way. Can you see what I see? And she goes, yeah, Okay. Sorry, I didn't want to. And no, right away, he's like, don't, I, I don't need all that. Let me just show you some other ways I like to bless. And I like to bless you. And then you start going, oh, I see some needs. And you start blessing. Dude, life just leveled up. And if you want this, you can have it today. The worship team's coming. And uh, workers, you're amazing. Thank you for explaining scripture to us. Keep your money. You earned it. You earned it. Yeah. Let me, let me just remind you. If you were to be the people that Pastor Marco is calling us to be, that scripture is calling us to be, you will start extending grace everywhere and you will find that it will start to feel like Christmas morning times where you get to give grace away. And your life levels up. Last week, Pastor Marco said, God is calling us. And our prayer, and I was praying it right alongside Marco, and texting back and forth. Our prayer is that we become wise, calm, self-controlled, mature, joyful men and women of God. Make that your prayer. If this is your first time ever praying, it's easy. There's no rules. Talk to God like someone you would talk to that you love because he already loves you and you will grow in your prayer life and, and in your love, but just talk to him. Lord, I, I do want to be wise. I want to be mature. I want to be filled with joy. He says, well, that only happens when you become less of you and more of me. How do I do that, Lord? Let me in. Let me forgive you and wash you. Let me in. And if your answer is yes, adopt me. He will welcome you in and the adventure begins. Father, we love you. We are thrilled to be with your people today. We're thrilled to hear your word. We're challenged, all of us, with the mirror that sometimes you put in front of us, but we're here to say, Lord, we want to look more like you and less like us because you are beautiful. In fact, the very sound of your name is beautiful. What a beautiful name, the name Jesus, Yeshua, Savior, Master, Messiah, Prince of Peace is. If you know that name in this place, worship him. He has no rival no equal. His is the kingdom and the glory now and forever. He reigns and worship him. But if you're new, 
or if you've been here for a while and you're like, oh, I haven't understood it like this before, but I'm feeling something different. Just stand to your feet, put your hand in the air and just say, I want to know why your name is so beautiful. Why these people around me seem to think your name is beautiful. I'm missing out on something I want to know. Teach me, Lord. Teach me. Show me. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.